Hello, and welcome to Fave This, a podcast about video games and internet culture and fandom and shit. Uh, I am Gita Jackson, and I am joined this week by... Alex Better. It's hey. Alex Better, Kotaku's social media manager? Uh, yeah, I am manager. a manager, and I work on several uh, Gizmodo Media properties, Ooh. but mostly Kotaku. We love um, you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gita. I love how you introduced, you were like, this is a podcast, like like we're trying to trick someone. Yeah, like surprise! We're, like we're three children, <laughs> toddlers in a in a giant overcoat being like, I mean, this I is am, a podcast. I am actually three toddlers in an overcoat, <laughs> so don't blow up my spot right now. Um, but I wanted to have you on because you started this incredible new show for Kotaku called TLDR. Yeah, yes, which the first episode came out this week. It's just a silly thing that will be on Kotaku's social channels um, weekly. Uh, and uh, it's just um, the the kind of, I guess, the the point of the show is that I'm a dumb baby, and I know nothing about anything. <laughs> and uh, the Kotaku staff teaches me what they're really passionate about, or like stuff that uh, I mean, like we talk about it before. It's stuff I I do not know about. I do not know what this is or that yeah, is. And you don't know what anything is. No, I don't know what anything is. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it was kind of born from the fact that uh, every so often, especially the Kotaku staffers, I feel are so like knowledgeable and passionate about like hyper specific beautiful things very true and uh so often i come into work and i'm like uh, i don't know maybe maybe it sounds a little bit a little no, bit like we silly but like always I, talk about stuff as if everyone knows about it and then you are new. Like when I first started working here, people would say things like, can you open sheet 16, which is our scheduling sheet. We used to have sheet 16 and then it died and became sheet 17. Um, and that's how we schedule up posts for the day. And like on my first day, I was like, what the fuck's that? Like, what is that? Can you please tell me? <laughs> but but I mean, what I mean is like, it, it might sound too earnest, but it's like sometimes I leave work and I'm just like, oh, I, I learned something. To, like, I learned something <laughs> very like specific today. And like, wouldn't it be fun if someone taught me something on camera and explained something that they like really cared about? Yeah. So you um, started off with Tim Rogers. Oh yeah, right off the bat, Tim of Rogers. <laughs> I love him so much. Tim, uh, Tim is. Um, uh, I described him today because uh, he came by like the main like pod, like where mm -hmm. we all sit, um, and uh, he popped in for like a hello, and I he left, and my immediate thought was like he is the uh, Kramer of yep. Gizmodo Media Group. Yep. He like just kind of pops in and has like something really funny and like crazy to say and then pops out, disappears. Yeah. And uh yeah, he taught me about the Monty Hall problem. 
uh, which is a statistics problem. It was math. He taught me math. That was wow. the first episode I learned Incredible. about math. And um, yeah, it's like a very classic statistics like problem that I don't know if you I, I, I did not take. So, oh no, I did take statistics oh, no. in high school. <laughs> I did because here's the thing: when you got to senior year, you had a choice between like um, calculus or not calculus. What's the pre-calc? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, I forget. It, whatever you had whatever, a choice between that and statistics, and I was kind of like, I'm like, I'm doing whatever, like. AP history and art, art history. Yeah. I, I was that. I was that person. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to do like a like a crazy math class. So I'll take statistics. I, I swear to God, I slept through all the statistics. Yeah, I took pre-calc online, which meant that I had another browser open with Google in it when I took tests, mm-hmm. which I'm not ashamed to admit I did not go into STEM. So yes. I can do most basic math anyway, mm-hmm. so I can count it up in the grocery line. Like, that's, like, what kind of math I need. I can solve for X. You know? Oh, yeah. I yeah. can do, like, the, the get-through-life math. Of course. Like, I don't need to know pre-calculus. I just don't. Not in my line of work. Um, that episode was fantastic. Yeah. But Tim. what I like especially is I we talked a lot about sort of the genesis of the show before we actually made it. And part of it came from loving, like, cable, like, access, mm-hmm. like, talk show aesthetics. Yes. And it is so on point in your show. Yes. Uh, some of the criticism I've seen this week is, like, people are like, you're trying to do between two ferns. And I was like, no, nah, exactly. Like, we, we put a plant in because that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. we put a plant between us. Someone was like, you should have called it across one palm. Because there's like a palm tree between us, but I'm like, I'm like, mm, that wasn't like exactly it. Like that was definitely like something we brought up in reference because that's like just public access aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, it, you you just put fake plants or like yeah. just real plants in between you guys, like around to fill yeah. out a set. Um, They're but, cheap, and you don't have to get a lot of yes. them to like, yeah. The real the real kind of um, uh, inspiration for the show was uh, Paul, who. Uh, is there one of the amazing video producers at yeah. Kotaku who's an evil genius? He's incredible. He, uh, he uh, found a clip from a show in LA called The Carol Vitale Show. If you YouTube it, The Carol Vitale Show, um, it's amazing. It's like this woman who um, uh, ha- there's only like one episode on YouTube of like her public access show in LA. The opening thing is it's all like glitzy, like. Uh, uh, kind of a uh, soft filters like it looks like everything's sparkling uh, and it's just this woman like getting out of a limo and like walking up to like this like kind of jazzy song and announcer being like this is the Carol Vitale show oh my god and she sits down and then she's like hey how are you guys doing <laughs> it's it's wild and so funny um, and that's like really what we tried to. We were like, okay, this is like the main inspiration for. How I really the show wish that you had like just gotten an Uber to like stand in front of the <laughs> office building I so tried. you could get out of it. Really? <laughs> Do you think I did try that? You you tried? What? Yeah, well, how, it would have been complicated to oh. like shoot and film. You know, we're on like tight schedules oh, here. Come on, that would have been so good. Maybe for season two of TLDR, mm-hmm. we can we Maybe. can get <laughs> you. Maybe a guest. I'm excited. Coming. You are going to be a guest. I am going to be a guest on the show. You're going to talk about a. a fandom conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, Paul it's, is also a guest who talks about the street, uh, not Street Fighter, Street Rage. Street of Rage 2 soundtrack, which is like an iconic soundtrack that I never heard before, which I've actually listened to since because it's on my it's on my winter playlist now. Uh, and um, 
Yeah, and then we're hoping. I'm hoping you will have a fresh batch of people so shooting more. Here's soon. Here's my pitch for you for mm-hmm. a guest. Yeah, uh, Stephen Tatilla, editor in chief of Kotaku.com. One day, took t- time out of his busy day doing editor in chief stuff to tell me about the real Roxanne, who is a classic female rapper, one of the first female rapper who has this whole saga of her winning rap battles against sexist men. It's mm. incredibly cool. I would love to talk to Steven about that. I want to talk to Jason. Oh, my God. Please talk to Jason. I want Jason to teach me something amazing. Cecilia will probably teach me something. She said gross about anime. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> excited about that. She's like, I'm going to find the grossest thing. I'm yeah, like, oh There's a lot of gross things I'm about I'm both anime. excited and scared. We um, should have Chris Person on as well. Yes. I think, yeah, everyone, Heather, like, I feel like everyone has, like, something. Well, as you said, like, we all are really obsessed with hyper-specific things, mm-hmm. which is part of why I think mm-hmm. Kotaku is such an interesting site with, like, a lot of uh, different sort of avenues. And I think why our work is all so good. Like, we are sometimes really obnoxious about the things that we really, really love. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that you've sort of created this avenue for us to like unload all these other things that we all always care about. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. So Tim Rogers can get on and just be like, <clears throat> oh, well, I, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, hey guys, uh, it's, it's Tim here. And, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for a long time, my uh, Tim impression you ever, was. Uh, seen the Monty Hall show? Hey guys, uh, I think I'm going blind. <laughs> the first thing he says, and like that's it, we shot all of these in one take. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he says is like, I'm like, and like here's the show, and like here's Tim Rogers to talk to us about the show. And Tim's just like, um, this uh, show's called uh, Too Long, Didn't Read. Oh, it's, uh, didn't know the name. It's it's kind of a bad thing to promote. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> What are you doing? Like I, you knew the name of like, I invited you like to do this and like broke it down what we were gonna do, what it was called and like he was just like yeah, he's he is um he is timeless, he is iconic, he, he is, is iconic. a treasure. Um love him. Love him. Yeah. Okay, so Jason Schreier it sits next to me, and low-key, he's like he's got a, a very, hard journalism guy, but he's a very wry sense of humor. He has a very dry, like, subtle sense of humor. Oh, my God. I'm not sure if you saw the – if you listened to the, the excerpt, actually, we, we cut and posted for uh, Split Screen this week, the other podcast – um, was uh, Kirk had to stop the show in editing and like because Jason said something like kind of almost under his breath and Kirk kept talking that Jason said something so funny about the Destiny games that mm-hmm. Kirk had to like bring it back in editing <laughs> and like focus on it because it was very it was a very funny oh, like so little funny. joke that like almost went under the radar. So yesterday during the Game Awards, which mm-hmm. we might have to take a slight detour to talk about the fucking Game Awards because that was so weird. Um, the Jason tweeted something about Joseph Farris, who was that dev on a way out, who mm-hmm. was probably 
a little bit intoxicated and went on this like very passionate rant about how much he loves games and how much he hates the Oscars, I guess. And Jason tweeted out something that was true, which was in a leaked marketing pamphlet about the, a way out, Joseph Farris was described as uh, great for press opportunities. His passion is, is fantastic, but watch out for controversy. And Mia Khalifa, porn star, uh, quote, we treated that and said, I think that people also describe me that way. So in our Slack, I was I was like, Jason, does she follow you? Like, please say yes. And he said, Oh yeah, we DM all the time. <laughs> Jason, you're a good guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I'm really glad that we are able to bring like our own unique personalities like into more at the forefront here. Yes, yeah. I I I I'm happy to facilitate. Thank you. That because. Uh, Y'all are very, we're a very bunch. entertaining bunch. We are a bunch. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I'm excited to do more stuff in the future. Yeah. You will? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do more. It's going to trust me. <laughs> I feel like Tim Rogers should have a like a night, 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 nightly show. Yeah. I feel <laughs> Maybe like. Maybe one day. I feel like a weekly Tim News Roundup would be very fun. Mm-hmm. He's wanted to do something like that. Mm. And I think that he we'll should. We'll see. We will shall see. We shall see. So the other thing I want to talk to you about, Alex, mm-hmm. is you are always showing me the fucking funniest gifts and videos that come out of vo- a very specific subset of Twitter.com. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, g- gamer Twitter. Yeah. Right? Yes. G-A-Y-M-E-R yes. Twitter. Which is where gay Twitter and video game Twitter. Twitter lives yeah. where they meet together. So, like, I'm part of, like, a queer, bisexual woman video mm-hmm. game Twitter. And that is, like, its own particular beast of jokes and mostly anime nonsense. Mm-hmm. But, like, you are in a completely different intersection <sighs> of identities. I feel like, yeah, I, I, what I'm kind of fascinated, okay, so I guess I, I need to maybe plug someone here okay just uh, be, uh, uh adam musa he uh <laughs> is uh, uh he works at i believe he works at vox mm-hmm. he um he <laughs> he tweets so many really funny things especially with super mario odyssey like oh when when odyssey came out um that were so um so like funny and specific references. He made an Instagram that's like uh, makes fun of like an like uh, for those who aren't in the know. An instigay is um, someone who, by all accounts, like they, I don't know. I feel like many instigays probably like make a lot of money, like a good amount of money off of their Instagram and off of like plugging things on their Instagram. It's someone with a ton. It's a gay man with a lot of followers on mm-hmm. Instagram. Usually, someone very physically. Um, buff yeah uh, and uh it, there's a specific th- i mean like i think i don't want to like kind of color a whole swath of people but like uh sorry let me go back okay. uh, <laughs> it's a like a specific like um kind of group of people who i think m- uh, might make their living off of instagram or at least like they have a ton of followers um but and usually like uh, i don't want to kind of uh pin all of them with uh with this kind of description but i would say a lot of them do do things like they'll they will post like a shirtless photo of themselves and then like the the caption will either be like something like you know like 
you know, seize the day, you oh know, God, or, yeah. or, or alternatively, it's something like, um, you know, like, uh, uh, about like a recent hurricane, like ravaging a city and like what people can do, but it's like a shirtless photo. Of yeah. Them. I've seen, I've seen some, there, that phenomenon exists also on straight person of course. Instagram. There's that thing where woke like fake woke guys will post a shirtless selfie like with I'm just reading the new Jim Crow. <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're we're on the same page. Yeah. But he made a fake Instagram that's like an instagay, but it's all photos of uh of uh of uh um, Is it shirtless Mario? <laughs> yes. It is. It's, it's all Mario. <laughs> and it's all like Mario like doing different things like in the game and then the caption is like all uh like kind of like insta-gay like fodder Mm -hmm. Uh, and I believe he also I'm not sure if it was him but I I think he also had a Twitter account that was like all recreating scenes from movies using screen grabs from Odyssey that's amazing so like he's great Mm-hmm. You follow him. But there's like plenty of people who like post like so that. The kind one of thing I was thinking of was that video of one of the um, Street Fighter characters where she just has this incredible walk. We need to talk about Manat. Yeah, yes. Manat. Oh my God. Oh, like, I, Manat. Forget, I forget. I forget that user's name. I forget that uh, the that guy on Twitter. But yes, he posted a, a video where he um, where he's like playing and he's like we need to talk about Manat and then like he's just making her walk across the screen he's just going like oh Jesus look at her and she's just <laughs> she has this like over exaggerate <laughs> like if a drag queen walks like that it would be like tone it down honey but it's like she has a ballroom walk she, she has, ballroom has walk. she has a ballroom walk and it's like uh and also well also like when she's idle she she'll like crouch yeah. like in a pose yeah she's and when, <laughs> always voguing it's incredible and when she does he's like he's like he's in the middle of talking about something else and then she crouches and he's like he's like oh yes take a seat take a load <laughs> off like he's just and since someone took him talking about her oh well because also he puts on like a house beat and like makes her walk and he's like it's really incredible. he's like rapping over it it's amazing but someone then took that and made it into like a three minute song what yes Holy that like shit. is like on soundcloud someone just edited it into a song it's amazing but there's a lot of like that kind of stuff that i notice that um I feel like I feel like um queer people uh do connect so much to uh you know I guess like not only video games but like lots of uh specific facets of culture and like see themselves in them and kind of want to uh almost remix that right yeah. like kind of like take that that like, like claim it so like mm-hmm. one really strong example of this I think is the video game Bayonetta where that is a character that was pretty much designed because Hideki Kamiya really wanted a game starring a librarian-esque woman that was really tall and had glasses. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, his kink. However, in the game, she is, like, seven feet tall and, like, so absurdly sexual that it becomes very funny. And she just, it seems, it's, like, very gay. And it's (laughs) gay, gamers really, really latched on to this very in command of her own sexuality, but also just like absurd. There's this scene in Bayonetta 2 where she is, she's a witch also. She's a witch. She has guns in her heels and she shoots out of her heels. You see? Why would she not? <laughs> Why would she not? Why would she not have um, her hair? Her clothes are made out of her hair and that's also her weapon. So in order to fight people, she sometimes gets nude. You know, 
just mm. she's cool. She's a cool lady. Um, there's a scene in like the beginning of Bayonetta, in the beginning of Bayonetta two, where she's fighting an enemy, like a horde of angels, and she summons a horse and she rides the horse. And there's a, a the camera pans to the her butt up and down on the horse, <laughs> and then pans down to the horse's butt, which is also moving <laughs> up and down. <laughs> and it's just one of those things where it's like. Video games especially lean into camp and kish so much, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time without meaning to, sometimes definitely meaning to, but either way, it's something that queer people see and identify with and then really voraciously want to show their support and show make it their own in some yeah. way. I've been thought about that before I do though, I just I should really it's he's at Black Yoshi SSB. Oh my god. That's the the Manat video. It's like his pin tweet, so you should go watch it. I'm um, gonna watch it like it's, all it's, weekend. It's amazing. Um and uh but in terms of camp in video games, I think that's something people definitely do read into. I think there's something to the fact of like there's there's a story and like an environment and aesthetic in video games, but like you are very much a part of that, and so um, uh, I think a lot of camp uh, comes from like failure. It's mm-hmm. like it, it's like when something's trying to be something and it like fails being that, but then like it becomes something else in that failure. And video games, there's so much opportunity for that. Yeah, because you can make you can make yourself fail so many times and like yeah. highlight reel is camp like yeah. in many ways it's uh and uh that's something why that humor and like is something i'm just so sort of integral drawn to, the culture. to. Yes. yeah yeah and and also like uh, older video like referencing older video games were mm-hmm. like uh, for the time, like it made sense. Like, if you ever like go back and like uh, play like an older game, and it's like, oh, at the time, like this probably, I probably just accepted this because that mm-hmm. was like the limitations of like the technology then. Like, yeah, like weird, maybe stilted dialogue or like yeah. weird like animations. Like you just accepted that, but now yeah. where we are now, looking back at it, you're like, oh, this is strange and odd and doesn't yeah. make sense yeah. and like uh therefore is funny or entertaining or yeah. engaging like a lot of old maddie myers uh who's at compete should probably have a better perspective on this there's a lot of old like resident evil dialogue that are is oh, super fucking that, weird that comes to yeah like right away like yeah. like when uh claire walks into the gun shop in resident evil 2 yeah. and the guy's like like almost fires at her but it's like also like it, it's something you would see in a horror movie like someone like lift up a gun and be mm-hmm. like oh you're human but like uh he it's so still it's like he's like staring at her too long yeah. it's like there's something the timing's off on it like yeah from from the viewpoint we're looking at it now or just the line you were almost a jill sandwich <laughs> 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 oh gosh. Was that Barry? That was Barry. I think it was Barry's Barry. a camp queen. <laughs> Barry's a bear. <laughs> true. True. Absolutely true. I mean, I think also Super Mario Odyssey has been something that I've seen really deca- I think it's because you can let Mario play in a, he can he you can let him run around the beach in his boxers. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like there's something what's really lashed on. And then Peach it's, is also just, like, so incredibly fabulous queen, in the game. She queen. looks amazing. And then uh, Pauline also. Pauline is also, yes. Uh, the, 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 like, three quick things about okay, this. Okay, okay. One, yes, because I think there's something to the fact that, like, you're being able to change Mario's outfits, mm-hmm. being able to... Um, 
uh, to kind of take him out of the context that we've known him in for so long, there's something inherently kind of entertaining and funny about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Peach specifically is also like uh, people were going crazy over whatever after the like the post game. Like yeah. when the game when you get to like the first end of the game, yeah. which there's several, um, uh, you know, she uh, and you see her in like the different. She shows up later in the different worlds, yeah, uh, in different she has costumes. Cute outfits, that, yeah. Yes, and the uh, outfits like correspond to the to the different worlds. Like, uh, there's some. There was something also like just so I, I was driven to find every her and every single yeah. one after that. I mean, like you kind of have to, but like I was because uh, I, I wanted to see the next look. Yeah. I was like, oh, this lookbook is gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be incredible, amazing. Yeah, uh, and Pauline. Oh, my God, Pauline. I have one weird – I mean, I guess it's just like you're just supposed to accept, uh, which someone someone referenced this yesterday, I read. They referenced it somewhere. They were talking about TV characters, though. But the the trope of uh, carding with Bowser, is that what the trope's called? Or, I don't Yeah, I think it's like okay. carding like, uh, with Bowser or something. It's like the trope of like when uh, people are – when there's a hero and a villain, but mm-hmm. then like there's like a circumstance that like they are roommates or they yeah. need to do something weird together. And yeah. it's like they use Bowser as the example because it's like, you know, uh, at this point in like – the game's canon, like, we just kind of accept that, like, kidnapping Peach is just something he does sometimes. <laughs> and, like, he's not exactly, like, evil for doing it. He just kind of does it. And, yeah. like, Mario just kind of has to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, there was something funny with the fact that, like, at the uh, towards the end of the game when you have to, like, because uh, he's trying to marry Peach, right? And, yeah. Like, he's, like, gathering all these items to marry Peach from the different worlds. And you kind of have to, uh, when you go to, co- like, co- combat him at the end... All the different characters from all the different worlds are at the wedding chapel, including Pauline. And I'm just like, why are they like, why are they supporting this? Like, it's like, why? Like, you walk in and Pauline's like, you just made it in time. I'm like, yeah, you could have helped her, Pauline. Like, the, why are you like the mayor of New Donk City, just lying, just waiting, uh, the, waiting the for mayor Mario. of one of the most biggest, powerful, like metropolitan worlds, Ugh. and you can't you can't do anything to help Peach out. Come on, Pauline. but you know it's fine. She had enough to deal with. She had to turn the power back on in her city. She she's a also lot. has a jazz band. You know, she, she's she's a performer. She's an artist. <laughs> she didn't want to get involved in politics. But as soon as Pauline showed up, which is funny because she's a mayor. I know, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, I was happy to see her go from. I, I loved that reference. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't expecting to see, like, a modern Pauline. Yes. Like, in any game. In a pantsuit. In a pantsuit. With that and hat, she, And, though. yes, with that, with that hat. And, you know, she's just kind of like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I love, like, this idea of, like, she's kind of like an ex. And she's yeah. She's just kind of there. And she's like, yeah, remember when you used to save me from Donkey Kong? And uh, Well, I mean, I guess you're still doing that. So, I'm Mare. I'm Mare mm. Mario. <laughs> I'm doing great. Want to listen to my jazz band? <laughs> good for her. Honestly, I was just good confused why she's at this forced wedding, which I was like, yeah, whatever. Why though. would she go? But that's the thing. It's like no one takes about. It's like okay, yeah, he's trying okay, to do also, this. Also, I think Peach is like we talked about this in the last episode. Peach is the only character that wouldn't marry Bowser.
Bowser's like... <sighs> Which is probably why he, you know, yeah. he's into her. Yeah, of course. But, like, to me, the... A lot of things about right? – <laughs> now we're getting into like <laughs> to like Super Mario canon and yeah, like that's yeah. like a very tricky place for me because it's like a lot of things don't mean – okay, what's happened? Uh, people are going to be like, I don't know, like adding me on Twitter and being like, well, actually, like I'm explaining this. But it's still kind of confusing to me. So there's a kingdom, a mushroom kingdom mm-hmm. of toads, of yes. people who are mushrooms who have mushroom heads. Those are not hats. They're- their heads. Uh, I they are that is his head. That is, that his is head. their head. One hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> I don't care what some old, like n- like not even like is, is that is that sh- animated show canon that people like point yeah. to? Yeah, seriously. I don't even know. It might be if it is. You can correct me. But uh, <laughs> the whole idea that like there's a mushroom kingdom full of mushroom people, and but then they have a human ruler. Yeah, but also you see Mario. And Peach, in, in conjunction with the new Donk City people, are those people, or are is Mario a person? Tim Rogers had a video about this. Oh my God. Is 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 Mario a person? Tim Rogers, Which, yeah, have he is. He's not a plumber anymore, but he's a person. That's true. I, but it's it's like strange to me. It's like a human uh, sovereign of a kingdom of peaceful mushrooms, mushroom humans, um, and then every time she's in trouble, she calls in two plumber missionaries yep. to handle the situation. I don't know. And then it's like really like people like will be like, oh well like did you watch like this animated like show that like establishes it? I'm like, okay, if we're going to that, we need to then talk about the live action movie. Exactly. Which- <laughs> exactly. I feel like for most games, what is in the games is the text and then other extraneous yeah. material. Mm. You know, put it in the games. You gotta we, put no, it in the games. We, it's sort of like when Dumbledore, Dumbledore's gay. You know, with, there's it's metatextual, it's subtextual in the Harry Potter books that Dumbledore and Grindelwald had a romance. But if it's not, if Dumbledore is not actively gay in the book, if he doesn't mm. explicitly say, when I was young, I fell for Grindelwald, and that's, you know, it was shitty, it was a shitty time. Then, like, does it, it doesn't actually count if, like, J.K. Rowling says it afterward. I'm sure that's what she intended, but you can read those books not knowing Dumbledore is gay. No. Anyway, that's my whole but, thing. But, you know, uh, you want to talk about camp. Yeah. You should talk about the the live action. Oh, God. Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> it's just, just uh, uh, there's something so, uh, it's kind of like in the same space as, um, uh, not Batman. Is it Batman and Robin? It's not Batman. Batman Forever is the third film. Batman and Robin's the fourth film. Yes. Uh, in that, like, those were movies I watched as a kid. And, like, it's an amazing experience to watch them as a kid, being like, yeah, fun. Yeah. And then watch them as an adult and also be like, yeah, fun, but then be like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, 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 But also so beautiful and how horrible it is. Yeah. There's something just so uh, – I I was I just rewatched uh, the Mario Bros. Mo- movie recently. Really? Yes, because it um, uh, there was something where I was like, uh, I had to one because Peach isn't in it. Yeah, it's Daisy. Oh, yes, it's Princess Daisy. It's not Peach. Huh. Uh, Daisy's the character. Um, and also the um, the the Goombas are like they're like weird. What is it? They're like dinosaur people. Do you remember this? It's yeah. very bizarre. I think so and I mean that movie is kind of like Fiona a Shaw fever dream. is in it. Fiona Shaw is in it. Fiona Shaw is in it. What the fuck? She yes, she um she's like 
I don't know, like uh, Bowser's like, or no, it's not Bowser. It's King Koopa. It's it's different, isn't mm-hmm. it? Is it not? That is different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think so. I'm sure someone will tell someone me. Someone will know. Please <laughs> someone, don't email us, but do email us. But don't. This is very – I would love to host like a showing of that film and then have like a panel discussion afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Just because it's so – to me, it's so kooky crazy. And the – but my favorite thing is that the um, – the who is the fish? The fish in the Mario games. Oh, uh, shit. Who's that fish? Who's that fish? I'm going to ask Dr. Google. Like yeah, the fish in the Mario games is like uh, uh, in the in the um, in the 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 uh, yes. in the film version, she is like a beautiful like she has like a red leather jacket on. What? She's like yeah, it's like and I didn't realize that that character is supposed to be the same as the fish. I don't know. There like would be no thing. indication that they are the same character at all. I, sorry, I feel like I'm all, I like got into. I told you what it would happen if we started going into like. <laughs> Super Mario lore. Super Mario canon. But oh. yeah, we can we can write the ship. Cheap Cheeps. Yeah, cheap, yeah, I believe that This is a she- picture of Cheap Cheap I'm looking at right now. Yes. And it's a fish. It's like a straight up a fish. Yes, Cheap Cheap, but in the live action movie is... Um, uh, I, I don't remember the actress's name. Super Mario live action... Cheap, cheap. Is she? This character does not need to be a human being. Like, number one, that's bizarre. You don't, I, it's confusing that they would turn the fish into a human. Oh, Big Bertha. Big Bertha's a cheap, cheap? Big Bertha, wait, is, uh, she is named after, yes, the fish. So she is the bouncer in the Super Mario Bros. movie. That's so um, and I can I, see, I understand entirely why Nintendo was so angry about this movie. They were, they must have been furious. It's just were so furious. bizarre. Yeah, Yoshi's like, Yoshi's like a bad, like, uh, like a, I don't know, like I guess like a leftover from Jurassic Park. Oh like my a, God. it's like a weird like puppet dinosaur. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I don't. We we just we went into like a whole different world. It's so okay. wait. It's what okay. else is on your mind, Gita? The only other thing, well, I also wanted to talk about the Game Awards, which I did watch. Yes. Because I love I love award ceremonies specifically because they are the silliest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And this was the silliest of the silliest things in the world. Mm-hmm. You you uh, actually had a human life last night when the game. I I did on. not watch it because yeah. I I had previous plans. Yeah. Um. But uh, I did hear a like a bit about it today. It used to be, it used to be more intensely dumb. Um. Stephen was saying this morning that five years ago it ended with a giant penis on stage. It was a penis joke. And uh, Jack Black was there. That's- it was on like the it was on the that man it was on Esquire the Esquire channel right. the man channel mm-hmm. um and it was very alienating i would say as someone who did like video games 5 years ago i found it really alienating now it's trying to class itself up like they had phoenix that french rock band play last year they had you know um dead mouse and they have musical guests, and they had this really touching tribute to Carol Shaw, who was a 
programmer um, that is like sort of legendary. Look back, worked at Activision for a very long time in Atari. Um, but it's also like a deeply weird ceremony. Um, like at one point they were doing some kind of announcement for the Zelda DLC. And so they had Aonuma come out on stage. But before they did, they they had this thing where they projected an image of the the castle at the end of Super uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild that Ganon that you go in to defeat Ganon. And they play all the voice clips of the guardians, like what they say to you when you go to defeat mm. Ganon. Um, and they just like shine a blue spotlight on that projection. And I was watching this and I was like, I like thought I had dropped acid or something. You know, it was just like a deeply, deeply strange thing to do at like a very classy award show. Mm-hmm. And they had like I I didn't think like the Joseph Fares incident was actually all that weird. That kind of stuff happens all the time in multiple industries of people mm. firebrands getting too riled up. I remember the thing with Rage Against the Machine climbing the stage at the VMAs that one time. Um, or last year at the Oscars, they fucking just read the wrong card. Uh, well, I mean, that was, I, I you know who that was. That Oops. was, um, Hoops. Tell me. Uh, uh, well, the, Os- the Oscars last year, the Oscars last year was the, the beautiful work of Miss Fate on a way in that, in that Warren Beatty opened up that envelope and was like, this isn't right. And you could tell he was like really confused. And she was just like, I'm, I'm not doing this tonight. She just like looked at him and was like. La La Land walked away. Oh my god! And then like, and then like, what hell she wrought like on that award show? Beautiful. And then like, was just kind of like, I'm Faye Dunaway. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care. Need to. Like, I I, do this. does it look like I care? Because I don't. No. And I, I was, I, I, sorry. Yes, that was I the just... first year I skipped the Oscars in many, many years. Usually, what I do is I get like. Lots of people have classy Oscars parties where people dress up and drink wine. I usually get like Domino's and a 40 and get very, very drunk and scream at the television. It's like my sports, basically. I also like watching yeah. sports, but this is like. So is that what you did last night as well? Yeah, I, I had one beer because I had to come into work today. Yeah. So I only had one beer, but I did get on Skype with <laughs> two of my friends and we did also yell at the television. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's the Game Awards desperately wants to be the Oscars, but it's also, I mean, the thing about video games I like is that they're not Hollywood. They're a little bit stupider. And even when they're deeply (sighs) profound, I feel like I don't need them to come with the sort of ceremony that the Oscars come with. I guess to me, it's a hard thing to uh, like... The Academy Awards and many other award shows have, like, I guess, a very like uh, we were we were talking about this yesterday. They have yeah. like a very like kind of um, uh, they have a very kind of like structured kind of body who like yeah. votes on these things, and also like they have like it's been something that's been honed for over how many years? Like yeah. you know, I, what what Oscars are we on? The seventy something. Seventy something. Yeah, I feel like seventy seven. So you know, like to me, it's like I'm sure the the video game awards could possibly be in the future something a little bit more, but like to me, uh, a little bit more in line with like what other award shows that have existed for far longer. Because at the end of the day, it's like it's just congr- congratulating achievement of of art uh, yeah. and. You know, 
but I do think that the other place where you run into trouble is that like, uh, yes, um, there's plenty of, um, uh, there's plenty of uh, like uh, independent films that are made like outside yeah. of major studios. Yeah. Um, but typically for an independent film to kind of get into the same sphere as, as uh, other films, you know, like they, they come up through certain yeah. channels. And I think in video games, those channels are a little bit more uh, varied, yeah. right? There's not, there's not like hyper specific uh, I feel like uh, you will see large studios for awards. It's structured in a similar way as mm. Hollywood production houses are sometimes, yes. where they have a major production house and then smaller, like an indie, yeah. smaller labels, yes. you know, that will fund indie films. You do see that, you know, super giant who did this pyre this year. They are under the WB yes. Games label, but, I, but there's, I feel like there's so much more like opportunity to like make things independently, yeah. and then also have like. Uh, well, it audience. feels like cinema in the '70s, right? Where suddenly every asshole that went to film school was making a movie, or sort of the advent in the early '90s of video of being able to pick up a camcorder and just make a movie and go to Sundance with it. Mm. That's sort of like what independent games feel like to me. Yeah, I feel like it's just that there's <clears throat> it, it's a great thing because I think there's more of like a kind of swath of uh, of different yeah. things people can create and also promote and have other people consume but uh it, it makes like having an award show i yeah. think more difficult yeah to, like even amongst the games that are very mainstream and very popular that were nominated mm. for game of the year last night it's difficult zelda ended up winning it's a fantastic fucking game so good but in the oscars you're comparing just long-form narrative cinema to long-form narrative narrative cinema cinema and there are many different genres, but they all fit very similar structure and formats. Right. Super Mario Odyssey is a very different game from Persona 5, which is a very different game from, I don't know, Hellblade. I don't know if that was up for Game of the Year, but that is, they're all just formally very different. And I find it difficult to compare those kinds of things. Right. Which then you get you get into that with film as well. Yeah, you because do. Because you get into the fact that like, you know, horror films, even though they can be like immaculately made, mm -hmm. are, it's rarer for them to get a, like big award recognition. Yeah. Same with like broad comedies. Like, um, but I think that uh, it, it's almost like kind of like a video game awards kind of straddles like this line of like technical artistic achievement mm -hmm. um in terms of like a specific medium mm -hmm. but also has like s such a bigger range that it almost straddles the i feel like uh, it straddles like the line between like uh, more like a uh, technical artistic award shows like the Grammys, yeah. the Oscars, etc and and also yeah. uh like you know on the other side that is like Anything that's like internet awards, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, like webbies and stuff. Those like, webbies, yeah. like, like, yes, you can like give awards. Like, I don't think you can't, but I think it's, um, it's like almost like uh, it's harder to like give an award to something that's like such a large and varied pool. <laughs> Thank you.
You know, I kind of wish that the Video Game Awards were a little bit more like the VMAs, which are always a mess, but are always really fun to watch. Like, mm. last night's ceremony felt like a two-hour slog with really? a lot of commercials and a lot of announcements, but I didn't feel like the awards had much of weight to them. It was nice to see mm. people honored for their work, especially people who made really excellent games. But the VMAs, like, the point of the VMAs is that they're crazy. The, well, the point mm-hmm. of the VMAs is that it's, it's more of an entertainment show. Yeah. I feel like that. I mean, like, there are people do, like, be like, I got a VMA. But, like, I I feel like the, the kind of, uh, besides award giving, the central, I feel like, thrust of the show is to give a show yeah. to entertain people. You watch the VMAs because of performances and also people might get rowdy. You know, like, the, you watch it because right. something might happen. Right. I think, yeah. I, I I mean like I I am not sure I didn't I I, I missed last night's so. <laughs> but uh, well something from, did happen last night me. you saw yeah. the Joseph Forrest yeah. clip yeah, that so sung, is, yes. that was unexpected that. and like that was really cool to me because it to me that is the most video gamesy mm-hmm. kind of thing is someone who is so passionate and maybe a little bit embarrassing but very also very proud of what they've done. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that I think there should be an opportunity for people to be like celebrated for like hard artistic work. And I think a lot of that, so much of like (sighs) games are just so uh, like such a specific, interesting experience that people create for other people that I think they should definitely be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I recognize read... and award it. It's like it's more of like figuring out the exact formula of yeah. how you do that yeah. is is more of a. I feel like it's a challenge. It is a challenge, and I'm. I mean, as much as everyone sort of drags on the game awards, that you know, it's not a bad thing that it exists. So I just wish it was shorter to end better. No, I think like people will have like criticism. People will have, even even quote unquote like it's like uh it. it it, like it, uh, like hones itself and fight to itself yeah. over time. People will always have an issue with an award show. I mean, people I'm always, always like rip shitting mad at the shows. Oscars, and I fucking watch yeah, it every people. year. I mean, like last year, like I got up from the ca- when they say La La Land for best picture. <laughs> I got up. For, I was at a party. I got up from the couch and was like, "Have a great night." Was putting on my jacket. Oh my and god! And then when they were like, and saying goodbye to people, and then oh when god. they were like. Just kidding, Moonlight one. I was oh like, God. oh, okay. And like took off my jacket. I was like, I was like, I'll, stay, I'll hang out for a bit longer. I like legitimately every time like a bad thing, yeah. like a award that was awarded to someone I don't give a shit about, like and or I d- actively dislike, I always immediately go, well, they fucking gave Crash Best Picture. So I don't know what I expected. Oh. And I just turn into that asshole. Like it's, it's bad. It's like a bad scene. I like don't want to care, but I do. That's something about the ceremony of awarding people for something that is emotionally moving. I get so attached and so invested in it. Mm-hmm. The disaster artist is going to be nominated for awards this year. <laughs> I mean, I, I am, I, I enjoy the disaster artist so much. Um, uh, is there? There's a room video game. There is. There I think is. I was reading about yeah. it. I would love it's a to, fan-made video game. to check out what that situation is. But we uh, should get a stream in. If they're uh, if they're nominated, we should try to get a stream in of the that room video fun. game. That would be that really would be fun. That would be really fun. The the because the room is just so I mean, you want to talk about a movie about 
oh, about like make the magic of making movies and also like the, yeah. the challenges of making movies. Like, I, I mean, like that's what people like. People are like, La La Land's like a love letter to Hollywood. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. But uh, the disaster artist is a it's love, a love letter, letter to making films because it's about it's about a person who is uh, basically uh, indescribable, like not of this world. Yeah. It, it was someone who someone described the room as like, what if you you met an alien and yes. you explained you never showed an alien what a movie was, but you explained to an alien yeah. what a movie was, yep. and then told the alien to make a movie. Uh, I forgot who said that, but. Uh, it's, I think it actually was Tom Bissell who was mm. a video game journalist and oh, no. <laughs> also wrote for Gears of War. It's it, yeah, yeah. It is a like um, it, that is so true yeah. about the room. There's just something so because you could tell it's made by someone who like Tommy Wiseau loves films. Yes, loves films. Like it. What makes the Disaster Artist and the Room so affecting and like is because you see how badly he wants this to work but nothing is working he loves movies so much he's willing to make something deeply embarrassing and bad without any shame at all right he has no idea he's i don't think he's i think he still doesn't really understand why people are so in love with the room he it's just there's something about it in that it's so bad but it's so pure yeah and he uh i mean like i remember when i saw the room i saw the room for the first time in a theater full of people, I got like uh, I was like a soft uh, no, I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. I got like recruited to do promotion for the Troll Two documentary oh at a God. room screening. I got to like go for free, Amazing. and he like introduced you know like hey, this is my movie, like you know, and <laughs> uh, before the movie started, and then watched it, and when it gets to, I mean, the iconic people pe- people like reference this line that you're tearing me apart, Lisa, all the time, yeah. Uh, uh, even though that 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 is not my favorite line, my, my, I have uh, it's I, got I, the I feel like back. it is the uh, oh yeah I got the results I definitely back. have <laughs> breast cancer <laughs> yeah. is is wild but yeah. I mean also uh, to me my other favorite is like everyone betray me I'm fed up with this world is yes. amazing uh, he uh, but that you're tearing me apart Lisa the first time I saw it, I was like it just so quickly clicked in my head that I was like. Oh, he really loves Rebel Without a Cause. Yes. He loves Rebel Without a Cause so much. And he was like, I liked what James Dean did there. Yeah. And that's like what the disaster artist gets into. Yeah. Like that this person was that Tommy like watched these things and was like, Yeah, I want to emulate that and be that. But yeah. like he doesn't think Well, when you ask him who his influences are, he says all these classic directors like Hitchcock. Right? Yeah. You know, Hitchcock is the first thing he says always. And I think he yeah. Thinks he wants to. You can see so many attempts to create that kind of suspense that, yes, that's and paranoia, mm-hmm, but that, it just doesn't work. That's what's amazing. It's like just so you know he he wants to like embody. That's the thing. It's not like a bad movie made by someone who like didn't do their homework. Like yeah. he's someone who's like watched a lot of film and wants to to make that, but like yeah something is lost in the middle yeah. and he and um i it left me wondering i'm not sure if anything comes to mind for you immediately i'm not because i'm not quite sure like if there's any there has to be i'm sure there are and i'm sure i'm aware that there's games like this where oh. someone who made a video game because so. they because they love it so much and they like wanted to create it but it's just not so before you got here, we had an intern, Chloe Spencer, mm-hmm. and she interviewed this guy who was making games for the Wii. 
and they were like no, carnival no, no, I was games. here. You were here, here for that? that? Yeah. Yes, that guy. That, that he just guy. like loved developing games, and yeah. he like did it in his what his spare time. His spare like, time. He like. And like it, it the, the games were like what was it like a circus? It was like a it was weird, like a weird fucked up circus. And thing. he was like, oh, I made this for kids, but it's like the darkest, <laughs> weirdest yeah. like world. It's bizarre. You have no idea if you're doing the right thing ever, and it it's really no, ugly. Remember. It's really aggressively ugly to look at. And yeah, I mean, I think if you, but he was just like, I like doing this. Yeah. I love doing that. Like he's like, I like making games. Yeah, and like, so pure. And the, and yes, there's something in that experience. Like that is like camp. That is like a, this pure like yeah. this pure experience that like something's failing at what it's supposed to be, and it's like something else entirely. And um, no, I I remember that because I remember being like, this is this is amazing. <laughs> but I was I couldn't remember it like off the yeah. top of my head. And I'm sure there are several games like that that oh, are just like yeah, definitely. I know that that is something that I really cherish in games is those moments of. I mean, something I really like about Hideo Kojima is that he really wants to be a Hollywood director and you can really tell, but he's also just like too fucking weird. Like the eight minute trailer for Death Stranding, which is a game that will literally never come out, was premiered last night. And at one point, so the air makes people get old and die. um, And there's a giant invisible ape or man that is killing people also. And then Norman Reedus swallows a baby and we get a camera going down his throat to see that the baby's still alive inside of him. The baby became instantly um, Eric Van, Van Allen. Yep. Um, like, did you see what he made I today? didn't see. I know he made something. I didn't see what it was, though. It, it's the clip that, like, it goes down his throat, like, yeah. his throat, and then it turns into the opening from Fraggle Rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> which, Eric Ben Allen, you're amazing. I, I uh, uh, an old uh, one of my ex, an old boyfriend of mine. When I was upset, used to, this is so bizarre. I don't know why I'm sharing this right now. He used to sing uh, Fraggle Rock to me in German to cheer Aww. me up because it sounds so. It sounds like it, it. It's like a funny, like fun little theme in English. And then when you sing it in German, it's just like I don't know something about it. Yeah, becomes that much more like engaging and like fun Aww. and bouncy. Um, but I was immediately like, I'm always comforted. So like I was watching and like expecting to see something like weird because of the baby, like for something weird or gross, something like gross internet-y. Then when it turned into Fraggle Rock, I was like, oh, I was like touched. Yeah. <laughs> but like just imagine like half the ideas that Kojima has being in an actual movie you know like i just Mm -hmm. there's something there it's out of pure 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 love and you can see it in the way that he like talks to and talks about Guillermo del toro norman reedus and mads mickelson that he just genuinely wants to tell epic sweeping stories that are as Mm -hmm. affecting as hollywood movies it's just that he is sometimes a huge fucking dumbass (laughs) And like deeply, deeply, deeply weird. Yeah. By the way, did you see The Shape of Water? I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to oh see the Fishback movie. God. Yes. <laughs> I like the creature from the Black Lagoon who fucks. Yes. My it's, everything. It is. Um, it, it's, I, I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, right. It's, yes. I mean, like, I, I love Del Toro. I love, I mean, uh, it's kind of reminds me of like his earlier, like, Devil's Backbone. Oh, yeah. His Spanish, his Spanish stuff. Kind of worlds, um, and um, it the, like that very like it's like I think his most like emotional story. And uh-huh. um, I was also obsessed with it because it's about two romantic leads 
who one is human, one is a fish person. And uh, they're both mute. Neither of them speak. Sally Hawkins signs the entire film. Oh, cool. Um, and, but the beautiful thing is they're advocates, like the people who speak for them, mm-hmm. like in de- various scenes, help them, it, it is a uh, closeted gay man and a woman of color. That's awesome. So it's like, it's a beautiful, like, it, it was so surprising to go see this movie that you're like thinking like, oh, this is like a, you know, weird Gilmore de Toro, like kind of mm-hmm. maybe romantic fantasy, uh, you know, monster movie, classic mm-hmm. thing. And then to hear all the uh, questions at the Q&As, half of them were, in a, which at a Q&A is sometimes when someone's like. This isn't a question, but I get a little bit like... Yeah, you get a little nervous. But uh, they were all like people who were like, thank you so much for making this movie. Like Aww. I kind of saw like the, the first one, the first person was a, a trans woman who was like this, like this, like the the whole like kind of point you were making in this movie really touched me. The last woman who talked was, um, was like, it was so nice to see like a black woman on screen who... Um, you know, uh, Octavia Spencer was at the screening I mm-hmm. saw and she kind of... She talked about. Uh, she talked about how she. What did she say? That was funny. She said, "Oh, she said like you know during this period I played um, a maid in the help. Mm-hmm. I played a woman who uh, works at NASA, a mathematician, and mm-hmm. hidden figures. And she's like, and now I played a maid who works at NASA, <laughs> <laughs> basically because she works at like the secret government facility. Mm-hmm. But she, uh, um, she." That, that like her character was like of its time of of the time mm-hmm. like and like face like like a uh, contextual in the story like racism but mm-hmm. uh like very much had her own like that wasn't her like yeah. her like only like thing yeah. like like she had like very much this like specific place in the story and her own agency in the story yeah. and like made her own decisions and um oh, while still like working in like the social contract of the time uh and I don't know it's just it, it, it was a beautiful film. I'm wow. sh- I think you would very much enjoy Gita. So I'm excited for you, you to see it. On that note, yes. I think I'm going to wrap things oh, up. Oh, yes. I'm just like <laughs> babbling about no, The Shape of Water. No, I really want to see The Shape of Water so badly. It's, yes. It looks amazing. And the fish has a nice butt. It was very important to Gail Diamond Toro <laughs> that the fish have a nice butt. He said that specifically. The he fish- said he wanted, he wanted Doug Jones to... To uh, to like embody like a matador, oh like God. this like masculine like regal kind of presentation, oh, and like and like all I kept thinking about was Breath of the Wild. The, oh my the, God! Um, with the fish man, mm-hmm. with Sadan the fish prince boyfriend. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh my God! That's what I kept thinking of. Someone actually full circle. You yeah. want to go back? Yeah. Someone posted uh, I, on Twitter like uh, it was link in the. Um, in the drag look he has. Yes. Um, where he's like, try, where he has to pass into the... Mm, the women the, only yes, city. Yes, yes. And uh, next to, in that look, next to the prince. Oh my God. And they put like The Shape of Water 2017. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Incredible. <laughs> yes. That's so beautiful. Full circle there. Love it. All right. So I want to thank executive director of audio, Manda Namofidi, and also give a shout out to Levi Sharp, who is mm-hmm. to help us get set up today. Thank He's great. You. Um, I want to thank you for coming. I want to thank you, Kiva. Thank, thank you. Thank you for like, having me today just to like shoot the shit and No problem. Chat. I love having you around me in my life. Um, and we'll see more TLDR next week. Um, yes, 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 yes. And then we'll be shooting more and then hopefully doing more fun stuff yes. in the in the very near future. You should all definitely follow Kotaku's Instagram, which is kotaku.com. Kotaku.com. Yes, yeah, correct. it's very good. 
Um, and then you, I need to also thank Stuart Wood, who did our theme music, and Mellow Makes, who did the, oh, fuck, Patricia fixed that. Um, I need to thank Mellow Makes, who did our theme music, and Stuart Wood, who did the sort of interstitial, like, commercial music. Um, and thank you for listening. Uh, please leave us reviews, uh, we can, on iTunes, or anywhere you can find us. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere where you can find a podcast. So thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Catch you next time. Bye.